today. Thank you so much. At the end of the show, I'm going to try to set the record straight because a number of my friends reached out to me this week after Monday's show, uh, the show My Story Infertility. They had some concerns about some things in the past, and so I want to set the record straight. So hopefully you can stay till the end of the show. You certainly don't want to leave right now. You just got here. And Brant Hansen is here, which is kind of a big deal. Like everybody was freaking out that Brant Hansen <laughs> is on the show. They were not. Yes, Facebook you people. Fib. No. This is fibbing. <laughs> like I can't Brant? believe I can't believe you would take to your own podcast just to fib like that. It's almost like there had to be periods after your name the way that they said it. Brant Hansen. <laughs> yes, yeah. I know him. <laughs> uh-huh. He's big. Um. So so. Since this is a cool thing that I get to do to talk to whoever I want to about whatever I want to, then I want to talk to Brand Hansen about Cure International because Good. I really think it's cool when Brand decided to be the storyteller. So what is that? Um, well, how did that happen? How did you become the storyteller of Cure International? Okay, well, I quit my job and then I didn't know what I was going to do. And I had taken a few trips with Cure before as a radio guy because I was very interested in what they're doing. And here's why. I've had it up to here with pseudo-Christian stuff. And I don't know how else to say it, where you put you put a name on it, you put a sticker on it, but it doesn't embody the, the kingdom. I, I just don't get it anymore. I don't understand it. So at any rate, um, I was originally intrigued by Cure years ago because of that. I was just drawn to, wait a second, Jesus sent them out healing and proclaiming the kingdom of God. And so that's what they do. They heal. And there's something about healing. It's not just another thing. Like we've got all these things we can do. There's something remarkable about healing. It's a harbinger of the kingdom. It tells people about the kingdom. It it changes people's hearts so quickly. Um, So I was intrigued by it. I saw it. I loved it. And then when I was available and didn't know what I was going to do next, they knew that I was passionate. And um, they hired me without without me knowing. I took the job without knowing how much I was going to make. And they took me not knowing what exactly I was going to do. <laughs> <laughs> so how That's that? awesome. Yes, okay. it is. I like your attitude about spiritual things. I like uh, there's a, like a rawness to you or just a, a gritty authenticity that I'm really drawn to. A lot of people are really drawn to. And I love that part of the story, too. Like, I didn't know what I was going to do. Didn't know what they were going to pay me. 
And yet Brant is the storyteller of Cure. And then somehow, and could you just explain it to us? Then how did you end up again on the radio everywhere? Well, okay. It, it, it is confusing at first, but it's like we decided, we sat down like, okay, how can I use my gifts for Cure? And we thought, well, we can leverage all the radio experience. We'll just right. do another radio show. Yeah. And so we made it available to stations and it gets syndicated. And I spend part of my work day doing this radio show. It's that simple. Yeah. And it is hard to describe originally to people. People ask me, I get the haircut lady. She's like, so what do you do? I'm like, uh, I don't know how to answer that. So <laughs> I make, I make little radio shows with one of my closest friends and yeah. somehow it's all over the nation. And then I help children get cured. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, and, and it's what a blessing. And I, I, I don't know what I'm doing one minute to the next sometimes, but it's all good stuff. I mean, I, the stuff I get to communicate, what a blessing that is. Yeah. Good grief. So, Cure, by the way, for people who don't know what it is, is we, we have a bunch of hospitals around the around the world. We had, uh, As well, we have a lot of programs that we work out of other hospitals, like government hospitals, and we do things that we're really good at through them in like 30-some different countries for the programs, and we have 10 or 11 hospitals. We just opened one in the Philippines, the yeah. Tebow Cure Hospital. Um, along with uh, the Tebow Foundation. Tim's a part of it. Chris Tomlin is on our board, interestingly. It, it, it just because he, he, his heart is here, too. I think it's kind of the same thing with me. Like, he's drawn to the same thing I am. Like, I want to see this for real. And we do th crazy things. Like, we're in the Middle East, for instance, and we're in Africa, and we heal Muslim kids. And we offer to pray with their families, and we love them. And these hospitals in some cases are in dangerous areas and we love people anyway. So this is to me, when I read about what Jesus says and does, I think this makes sense to me. And the, the changes of heart are what you would expect when people find out that God actually loves them and that they're not cursed. Their children aren't cursed. My baby is not cursed. God loves my baby. In fact, God has a special place in his heart for my baby because of his or her disabilities. Um, that's remarkable. These people think that they're the worst, that, that, the God, that God himself has turned against them or the gods. And they are sometimes thrown out of their villages. Women are repeatedly abandoned by their husbands or boyfriends because they're a curse. And they are blamed because they must have morally done something wrong for their child to wind up like that. And when they walk through our threshold, we grab the child. These children have never been held before by other people. or been The mom's never been told this is something to celebrate. And we grab the baby, and the doctors grab the baby, and the nurses and receptionists and say, Oh, my goodness, she's so beautiful. What a baby you have here. And that's the first time they've ever been told their baby's beautiful. Yeah. So to me, yeah, yeah, I, I think that that's Jesus. And um, then their baby's restored. And can walk, and they're able to go, this baby is not cursed. I'm not cursed. God loves me. Wow, Brant. That's <laughs> what they do. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just as honored to be part of it. You're not a doctor or anything. You just know how know. to make exactly. me feel. You make, you make us feel it, and I understand it better now just because I listened to you for a minute. Well, anybody who goes there like I did, you have this huge advantage because you're like, oh, okay, now I get it. The light's on. But... It's just one ridiculous story after another. It's, it's thousands 
every kid that goes in there, walks, you know, rolls, gets carried in, you can make a movie out of that kid's life. I'm convinced of it. Every single story, we get them, you know, crossing the email transom all the time from the hospitals where they say the spiritual director's there, uh, the spiritual staff will know what's up with the family, the background. They tell us what's going on. And every story, I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah. You're kidding me. And so it's it's quite a contrast, honestly, with our culture where we try to find something remarkable that happens, but we just don't see it very often. <laughs> it's like these hospitals are just, it's one movie after another walking through the door. Um, do you, thank you for saying everything you just said. Um, thank you. Sure. Um, it was just nice to process your thoughts and then see it and feel it. And do you get to travel very often and go to the hospitals? Or where have you been, I guess is my question. I've been to the hospital in Kabul, Afghanistan three times. Um, and that is an education every time. And it's remarkable and profound and poetic what's happening there. Um, but I've also been to the hospital in Zambia and the one in Kenya. I don't get to travel as much as I want because of the radio show. I can't be gone that much. But I do plan to go somewhere again soon. Yeah. And eventually I want to write a book. I'm going to work on a children's book here in the next month or so. And I want to tell a, a cure story about a kid and help, help children understand just how good God is and that he's real. So that's something I'm working on. I was thinking about using this story. I was just looking at this story today. I can tell you one real quick. Yeah, I want There's a story a, because yeah, Grant Hansen is the storyteller of Cure. Yeah. So if you don't tell us a story, it's kind of like, Wah. like yeah. why did well, you tell you know the story? What? I almost don't want them to call me that anymore because now it's like anytime the word story comes, oh, let's turn to the master storyteller. <laughs> That's exactly I'm what like, I thought too. <laughs> well, we had to think up something to call me. So <laughs> this this girl um, is in Kenya. Her name's Abigail. I was just looking at her story. That's why this came up because I was thinking about using this for the children's story. But this this stuff happens all the time. This is not exceptional. Abigail is named after her dad's mom. That's traditional. Um, so she gets the name Abigail. And she's born as a baby with club feet. And her dad is not married to her mom. And the dad looks at her and says, she's cursed. And turns to the mom, you're cursed. I'm out. I will not be a part of your curse. Clearly, God has turned against you. I'm gone. So he leaves. And even the namesake, his mom, didn't want to have anything to do with the baby. She was, like, disgusted. We're done with this. Okay, so mom doesn't give up on her baby, though. She doesn't give up on baby Abigail, so she lives 90 miles away, takes a bus repeatedly to cure because she found out from people in her village that maybe uh, this could be healed because they heard about cure. The Christians there are healing people. So she takes her baby there repeatedly, and over time, her legs are straightened out, and she's healed. Well, dad sees her again, sees baby Abigail. Now she's a little older, and she's walking around, and he's... He's just dumbstruck. Like, how is that even possible that she's better? Th that doesn't happen. This person becomes a beggar. They don't get to run and play and look normal. That's impossible. Right. So he is so struck by this. He wants to know what's up. She, the mom, tells him that she became a Christian at Cure and that she, he should go talk to the spiritual people at the hospital. He does. He becomes a believer and they decide to get married. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so I have, I have a picture on my computer of this girl walking down the aisle as the flower girl. Wow. In oh, her parents' wedding. You made me cry. <laughs> They're all like that. Every story. I'm like, 
This is ridiculous. <laughs> so it, it's, it's restoration. It's the kingdom of God in action. And yeah. I see that stuff and I'm like, this is the kind of story that you'd be like, okay, this is the stuff that happens in the Bible. Well, it is happening everywhere. It, it's where Jesus is present, where these people are. He's never abandoned them. He's never left little girls like Abigail. We in the West, or we in America, where's God? I don't see any evidence whatsoever. Well, let me take you out of your little bubble, and let me show you what God is doing for the broken. Because he's never left them. He never has. And every story is a movie, I could tell you. It's really good. It's really good, Brant. I'm so glad you're doing what you're doing. Thanks. Me too. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, um, Brand has a book that came out recently. It's called Unoffendable, and you should read that. And he does a show with Sherry, Brant and Sherry, and you can get to that right now and listen to his podcast at BrantHanson.com. And I'm just thankful. This is my second week of doing the show and that you would be on the show means a lot to me. And I'm just really thankful for what you're doing. I, I admire am totally it. honored. And anytime, call me. We can yap about whatever. Yeah, you can just tell us more stories and make me cry and be thankful sure. that Jesus is alive and that people are doing his work in the world. And well, Maybe I should just forward all my emails to everybody because I get these emails from the hospital and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Like, I got to write a book. I got to get on the mountaintop with a it's, megaphone. I got to tell somebody what God is doing. It's crazy. It's crazy, but it's still true. People go running back and say, look what Jesus has done for me. Now I can run. Cure.org. Cure.org yeah. is the website for Cure International. Anytime for anything, let me know. It's fun. Well, I can give you like space to tell stories like that, you know? Yeah. Episodically. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Or, Thank you. Or whatever. Yeah, whatever, you know? Brant. You're too like cool for me to be like, hey, just come hang out with me on my podcast. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> whatever. I'm incredibly cool. I'm cool, <laughs> Sherry. <laughs> you need to know that I'm cool. Okay. Lisa says I'm cool. Yeah. She's, <laughs> she doesn't seem totally convinced. <laughs> but um, yeah. So great that Brand Hansen could be with us today. So glad you got to hear that story. So glad I got to hear that story about Abigail, the little flower girl. And so happy that Brandt is a part of Cure, and he can tell the stories the way that he can tell stories. And if your heart is stirred and you want to be a part of what they're doing, Cure is the real deal. Brandt is the real deal. And you can get involved in so many different ways at cure.org. And you can find Brandt Hansen and his show with Sherry if you go to BrantHanson.com. I had a consultant or a coach or somebody tell me once, Lisa, when you're a fan of somebody, it's way too evident. You need to pull back on that. But I got to tell you the truth. I just can't. I'm a fan of Brandt Hansen and I can't hide it. Like, if you want to know how I really feel, just listen to me. And it just, it drips off of my words. I can't help myself. It's who I am. And I'm a fan a brand. I used to listen to him on Way FM and then on Air One. And there's just something about the way he is. It scratches this itch in my brain that few people can get to. And so I'll be like listening to him thinking, he, yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> when he was on Air One, like my goal every Friday was to somehow get on the show. And so I would just call the request line until somehow... I would get on the show and then I would sit in my car all happy that I'd been on the radio with Brant. Yeah, that's who I am. Take it or leave it. I can't hide it. <laughs> and so, okay, I need to clear the air about something or at least set the record straight to put some people who I love 
um, at peace. <laughs> Monday, um, the show was my story infertility. It wasn't really what I'd planned to do Monday, but I could not get away from it. And it was the story of 20 years of infertility and ultimately the story of surrender. And towards the end of that show, I shared how there were many times, countless times, that people would say things mostly just innocent, people just not thinking, and it would cause great pain when you have something that's ongoing like infertility and you want so much to be a mom when people ask, so when are you planning on having a family? You have to do so much internal maneuvering so that your emotions don't show and you don't make that person feel bad, but you're feeling like you've been stabbed. And so you have to work so hard. And so I just encouraged, you know, don't, don't say things like that to anyone. Like, don't say to anyone, do you have kids? Because you don't know, there may have been a great loss. They may wish they had kids. There could be some complexities there. And so I learned this from Marilee McKee, the director of the protocol school of Orlando. She taught me this because I took a business etiquette class. And that is you don't ask people questions like, do you have a job or what is your job? Because they might be unemployed. They may not like their job. There's a bunch of reasons why it's not good manners. So in conversation, you wait for people to bring things up. And then once they bring up their job, you go, oh, well, what do you do? Or if they mention their children, then you say, oh, tell me about your children. But to pointedly say, so when are you going to start a family? can be very painful. And in saying those things on Monday's show, many, many of my friends reached out to me publicly and privately and said, if I hurt you, I'm so sorry. And here's the truth. I have absolutely no recollection of any one person in particular ever saying anything hurtful to me. And this is not because I'm super spiritual and like it says in the love chapter, you know, Paul has those words where he says, you know, love keeps no record of wrong. It's not because I'm super spiritual. It's because my brain just doesn't work like that. I just don't remember stuff. I remember feeling the pain. But I don't remember specifically. I don't have bitterness against, and you're the one who used to say that. No, not even not even at all. I have no idea who said it to me, but I just remember the moments of pain along the way. And I remember learning the etiquette so that I wouldn't do that to others. And that's the only reason that I shared it. You know, some of my friends shared with me this week that they felt so bad when they would get pregnant and have babies like they were hurting me. And my only response to that is you cannot be the kind of person who doesn't have joy when someone has joy. Sometimes I would feel pain, but it had nothing to do with my friends and everything to to do with me trying to figure out what is going on with my own life. God, where are my children? Why am I infertile? But when someone gets pregnant, if you're infertile or not, rejoice. It's new life. It's a beautiful thing. We need to be happy with people who are happy, rejoice with those who rejoice, and mourn with those who mourn. And that's not me, again, trying to be super spiritual. That's just what I've endeavored to learn and live out in God's word. So I just wanted to set you free. If you're carrying a little bit of a burden of, I really was a jerk to Lisa, and she is trying to vent about that publicly (laughs) as a secret message to me because I, you know, lacerated her soul, no. My brain is too ditzy to hold on to much, and I love you. Okay, record is set straight. And so, tomorrow's show will feature Dwight Bain. Dwight Bain is a life coach, and he is a counselor, and he always has something to say that stirs my heart. So tomorrow, 
Uh, Let's listen to what he has to say. I hope that you can listen. I want to send out some big thanks to my cousin, Devin Weller, who since the inception of the Kickstarter campaign that started this whole thing um, right after Easter, he has been very involved in the technical side of helping with the website and many different things. And um, I just want to say thank you. He's going to hand all the daily responsibilities off to somebody else. But without him, I would have spent thousands of dollars. And so gratitude galore for life to Devin Weller. Also, big thanks to the executive producer of Life with Lisa Williams, Paul Goldsmith, who keeps me on track. (laughs) And so I hope you have a great rest of your day. If something that Brant said really stirred your heart, please consider sharing today's show with somebody. Hashtag thanks for listening.